Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Uh, if I could get a couple of helpers, uh, maybe, yeah, thanks, Tom. And could you bring two stools up? And I'm going to invite a young, one of our young adults, Toby, up, because we're in a season called, uh, yeah, put it together for Toby. Thanks, mate. You want to have a quick seat with me? We're in this series called Hope in Every Season. I was going to get you like the small ones, and I was going to get the I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, hope in every season. Is there a spare mic I could grab too? For you guys can hear me, right? Nah, we'll get a mic. It's so good. Um, hope in every season because we know that there are different seasons in life. And I've asked Toby um, to share some of how God, how Jesus has really been hope in his life. But before we do, I was thinking, uh, Toby, um, when, when you're seeing the kids here at Kids Church and stuff like that, you grew up going to, to Kids Church, didn't you? All right, got it. Good to go. Um, yeah, so I grew up... Uh, going to church with uh, Dad and the family, went to um, Kitty Church, Trailblazers, and then to uh, One Point Youth, doing the exact same thing. I remember when I was, yeah, year two, year three, and I was walking up on stage singing little Christmas carols and all that, so yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. bring back some memories to it. Awesome. And so uh, I thought about that because when we've, we've chatted together about uh, some of the defining moments where Jesus has been hope to you or where something's happened, and so talk about, talk about what you wanted to begin talking about with our being a casual Christian and maybe expand on that. Going, as Brad just said, growing up, um, I don't know if you guys and some of you can relate to this, but I grew up as a casual Christian. What I mean by that is I'd go to church because everyone else was going to church. I'd go to sing because everyone else was sing. I'd go to pray because everyone else was pray. One prayer a week, happy days, wouldn't think, wouldn't think about God for the rest of the week. Cool. <laughs> and that's how it was like for many, many years. At the time, I was going, yep, this is it, this is all I need, but it wasn't. It wasn't mm. what I needed, and I discovered that in the last year. That this year, this year, actually, yeah. um, leaving school, I found it really hard to relate to friends at school because they'd go, oh, "Church, why would you do that?" Mm-hmm. And it was quite um, heartbreaking to hear. But I had no drive after I left school. I had nothing to bounce off. So I was like, you know, I'm going to church. I'm going to youth. I'm doing all that. But like, let's actually. Let's actually get into it. So I start getting into it a little bit more. Um, yeah, last year, just before 2021. And then I have an encounter. Yeah, I, I have an encounter with, with, with the Holy Spirit and God. A um, bit of a trigger warning. Can I get a hand up? Who's, who knows, or um, who guys remember the 2021 Wurraloo bushfire? Can I get a few hands? Yeah, cool, cool. Um, so I was a volunteer... Um, Firefighter with Darlington, Bushfire Brigade at the time. Now, think of this. I was only 17, mm. never really been exposed to fire, how traumatic, how powerful it seems were. We get the call out. We head to a road to defend off the road. Fire about 200, 300 metres more, more away, heading towards us. Mm. Our objective was do not let it jump. It jumped. And... Mm. What happened then was, for a 17-year-old that hasn't been to a big fire before, you know, I've put out little rubbish fires or maybe a cat in a tree, but this was pretty, <laughs> pretty serious this stuff. Is, yeah. This was pretty serious stuff, and 
what happened to me I, through, throughout this, I was, I knew who God was, but mm. I didn't fully get into it. And this was a changing point was we got called out. The fire was coming through the paddock. Beautiful day, blue skies. As I've jumped out of the truck, I've turned around, put my helmet on. The fire has jumped. Now, this is what we call a burnover. A burnover is when we get entrapped by the fire and there's no escape. Mm. So, pretty traumatic scenes like you got fire around you, scenes from hell, as some of my friends would describe it. Like, you're, you're getting warm, the cab's getting toasty, there's no escape. And I remember just going, God, whatever you do now, you know, just out of complete chaos, complete mutter, just swearing on the radio, get us out, get us help, 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 help. Just going, God, whatever you do now, get us out of here. 80 metres down the road, picture perfect, open up for us. And that was a moment going, I told my OIC, so officer in command at the time, going, go, 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 go. We got out through that little um, portal opening, looked back, and everything burnt. Wow. Everything burnt black and down. And I could just, I, I remember going, thinking about it, going, I, I, I've done nothing to deserve that. Mm. I didn't put anything to God, yet he's done something to me and he's yeah. saved my life mm. in a sense to, to where I am now, to, just to see where that opening, just picture perfect, you know, blue skies, paddocks, cattle, just pristine, just to see it opening just mm. for me and for, for my officer. And after that prayer, after, after that, your life. After that, you know, just out of complete chaos, that, that gave me a real hope and a real hunger to, yeah. to find him more about what he was doing. That's yeah. awesome. Such a good story. Such a powerful thing. And yeah, I remember the, remember the fires because we had to evacuate. We were like one kilometre back from where they, where they went. So it was very full on. And so tell us about then. So you start, you know, this year and you have an encounter with God at Youth Conference. So after the fires, start getting a little bit more into faith. I start developing my footprint. I'm going, right, you know, starting to read a bit more, starting to get a bit more active in that um, old church, really getting into it. And then it was more, it wasn't such a turning point, an instant turning point, but I kind of just grew into it. I yeah. really started going, yeah, this is it. Like, this is awesome. Like, seeing people, seeing friends just have effortless joy yeah. was amazing. I was like, I want that. Mm. So I started growing into um, church a bit more, started helping out with the kids and uh, blah, blah, blah. And then youth conference comes up. Mm. Youth conference here. That was phenomenal. I, I started developing a hunger for him. Mm. And at the time, because of my age, I wasn't at the old church. I wasn't allowed to So I was stuck in this little realm of going, who's God? Why do we believe in God? But I wasn't getting the same answers that I, mm. I wanted. I wanted to expand. I wanted to mm. find what, what he was about. And yeah, came to youth conference and I remember just coming up to Tim and Brad and just going, you know, what is happening? What, what's God doing? And then just laying hands on me, just praying. I remember just that, that Friday night, I just went home crying mm. the entire night, just crying and then just couldn't think, stop thinking about it since. Mm. And mm. that's what changed me. Yeah. That's so good. One encounter with God can just, yeah. yeah. And, um, 
And then, like, that's what I love about you, Toby. I love that you just got this heart that this goes like you've become a youth leader. You give up your mm. Friday nights. You, you, you know, and, and when you serve, you suddenly you, things come alive. Mm. And then you went to Leavers, yeah? Yeah. So, so uh, I had the opportunity to go to um, Scripture Union Leavers. So mm. that's a Christian-based um, organisation that does yeah all your camps and leavers and all that. Um, and throughout that, we had the experience to. Um, be with like-minded uh, mm. Christians and friends because, again, that's what I really struggled with at yeah. school was relating to people. They, my, my friends at my school would think I'm an absolute whack job going, mate, you're some, you know, because <laughs> I didn't have anyone else to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so developing into that, I went to uh, Levers and it was just reassuring. It gave me even more hope, reassuring that I've got friends now, like lifelong friends that are here today as well, are on the same journey as me, yeah. at the same age, same path, with God, travelling for God as one big army. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And that stirs that hope in you. Eh? Oh, you yeah. need it, them, it them just, people around just you. It's bubbling. It's so good. So yeah. good. Awesome, yeah. mate. Anything else you want to say about Jesus before we finish off? Oh, yeah, he's the best. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> good. Just, I, 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 I love him. I love him. Absolutely love him. So. Yeah, so good, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Very good. Thanks for sharing, Toby. It's just, it's just like a little step for you, isn't it? That, that's like not even a... <laughs> awesome. I might just grab them. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, we've been sharing, and I just love hearing snippets of people's journey, uh, that, that, that testifying, that testimony, and I'm, I'm sure you do too. It really is a powerful thing um, for that. And uh, how you going, kids? You still with us? You guys were good. I'm gonna. I think Caleb. I might need your help. I love the way you pronounce the three things. You're gonna. I want you to re- listen to what I'm about to share because uh, you might need to shout it out really loud again because your pronunciation on three things was very important to my sermon this morning. Um, but what I want to talk to you about this morning is firstly, has everybody done their Christmas shopping? Oh, we haven't started. Who? Is, next Saturday is the day. Christmas shopping, designated day. <laughs> Has anybody got someone in their life that they find really hard to buy for? Yes. And you can answer me back, why are they hard? Because why? Because it's dad. Tom nailed it. Anyone think you've read my sermon? They're hard to buy for because they already have everything that you think they need. Like, what else could they need? And I want to encourage you this morning that what does Jesus want for his birthday? Socks and jocks, <laughs> linen ephods, and I want to tell us this morning, I think the hardest person to buy for would be Jesus, because let's face it, God has everything he could ever want and need. He's, the Bible says this, that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and what does that mean? It just means everything is God's. It means he's everything in the highest heaven and on earth. What could you buy God? But I want to encourage you this morning that every person sitting here, no matter how old you are, how young you are, you have something that Jesus wants for his birthday, and no one else can give it to him but you, and it's called your heart. He wants your heart. And you... Only you can give it, and he actually is wanting a birthday present this year. He might have everything, but there might be one person here this morning that he is after you. He wants your heart, your devotion. He wants your life. And I just want to encourage us this morning that uh, what if Christmas wasn't all about getting this year, but was all about giving this year? What if Christmas became all about giving? So I'm going to go to a, a, a passage in the Bible. If you're following along, it'll be on the screen. Matthew chapter 2, 
and verse 1. I'm going to read a few verses, give a few thoughts, and then invite you all to stay for our Christmas uh, morning tea, our Christmassy morning tea after, and have a coffee and share together. But before we do, don't miss the power of God's Word here. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 says this, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, whenever it says behold, it's like, whoa, check this out, something. This is important. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, where the Christ was to be born. Isn't it interesting? Herod was a king, but he was a king with a little K. A little K. There is that one called the King of Kings. Amen. And there is one coming. And suddenly Herod, why was he troubled? He is troubled because he was a Gen I person. Here about if you Google Gen I, the people born in 2022, 20, I think, or I don't know, something like this. Help me out, younger people. Uh, Gen I, iPhone, iPad, I this, I that. It's all, Herod had a problem with I because he loved being king of his life. And the reason he was troubled and the reason he's about to go and kill all the babies because he's trying to find Jesus is because he doesn't want his kingship threatened. I don't know if anyone can relate to running their own life and Jesus comes along and says, will you give me the steering wheel? Will you trust me? And you're suddenly like, hey, don't threaten my kingship. I'm running this ship here. Well, how's it going for you? Not good for me when I run it my way, I tell you. Not good for me. I need Jesus. And, and, and Herod, Herod was all about self. I don't know if you've heard that. Uh, you would have seen uh, that thing called Elf on a Shelf. Elf on a Shelf. It's interesting that that, that idea was formed by a, a lady with uh, two daughters. And what she would do, where it came from years ago, is she would uh, ha- have a Christmas tradition where she made this little elf and she, this elf would be on a shelf and she told her two daughters that this elf is watching you every day to see how you behave, whether you're good or bad. And, and when you go to sleep at night, the little elf goes to the North Pole and visits Santa and gives him a report while you're sleeping. And then he comes back. And then when he comes back, he is offered in a different place. And so when you wake up in the morning, the elf has moved because he's had a big, he's put, and this elf on a shelf. Did you know that as that tradition grew, these young girls became, became quite entrepreneurial and quite business-minded and in 2005 released a package called Elf on a Shelf with the book and everything. And since that day, 2005, it makes over $10 million a year for Elf on a Shelf. Isn't that, and turn to the person next to you and say, why can't you come up with ideas like that? Come on, start thinking, come on. Isn't that amazing? I want to submit to you that Christmas is actually not about Elf on a Shelf, but I want to challenge us this morning, it's about putting self on a shelf. It's about putting self on a shelf and saying it's all about Jesus, but Herod didn't want to do that. He wanted to keep him on the shelf, but he wouldn't put himself on a shelf. In fact, in a world where we worship the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I, in a world of self-image, self-sufficiency, self-gratification, self-esteem, self-confidence, self-absorb, and now, of course, selfies, And none of these things are wrong in and of themselves. But if you live your life with self as first importance, you you won't get the Jesus following life that God wants you to have. When you're all about self, comparing ourselves among ourselves, it's a horrible way to live. 
And it's, uh, religious people get caught up in self-righteousness, self-justification, and I'm okay, I deserve this. But God's Word calls us to self-control, to selflessness, to self-denial, to humble yourself, to self-examination, and to self-sacrifice. And so I want to encourage you this morning, move from giving, from getting to giving, put yourself on a shelf and say, Jesus, you will be my Lord. You will be my King. That's what Herod was struggling with. So as we move to the next part of the story, when they heard the King... So I'm going to move down to number nine, that Herod is now going to try and figure out where Jesus could be. He's going to go on a murderous campaign because who knows the enemy wants to steal the Christmas gift out of your life. He wants to steal your destiny. He's after what God wants to birth in you. So Herod is after Jesus. It says, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child and Mary, his mother, notice that, the young child, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, Caleb, this is where I need you. When they... Gold, frankincense, and oh, come on, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. No, no, that Bible off by heart, mate. That is fantastic. They presented the gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, just a couple of things about these wise men, the, the magi, the, these uh, astrologers, these wise, and I, there's a whole other sermon on this that I'll probably handle to Luke Winter one day to, to preach and research for me. But it's an amazing that will take you all the way back to the book of Daniel and the prophecies and all that sort of thing. But, but I want you to notice uh, two myths about Christmas that we see in the shops, and I don't say this to be a Christmas Grinch, but we often see the wise men in the stable don't we standing around the baby Jesus but they weren't actually there as as the kids said this morning so well it could have been weeks and weeks because by the time they got to Jesus he was a young boy and and Herod had done all the maths to figure it out and realized he's probably under two so this by this time the the, the wise men have got there and, and and the other myth is that there was three of them we only think there's three really because there's three gifts <laughs> But I would submit to you that there could have been hundreds, that there could have been lots, that this was an amazing thing. In fact, think of it a bit differently. Who were they? They were Eastern dignitaries, powerful, wealthy people. Uh, and they would, in history, go and consummate a king's birth. And when they would go, they would bring gifts and treasures to, this, to a new king when he was born. So just imagine that they've got so much wealth. They are loaded with wealth. They've got an army probably protecting them. They've got massive caravans, as they call it, of, of this traveling. And they're all going to Jesus. And this is the one, I believe, that these particular wise men leaders, they knew the prophecies and they had seen that God is on the move. And this was the king that they had been waiting for, the Messiah, the one that was prophesied years, centuries before. And now they are excited. This wouldn't have been just another trip to a king. This was the trip to the king of kings. And just imagine them on their way, all with the heart to give. They're ready. They're going to give. And I just love a couple of thoughts about these wise men to encourage us this year is that number one, what does God want for his birthday? Number one, he wants you to have a seeking, looking heart for him. See, these wise men could have been traveling for a very long time. And what I love of what that says to me is says they were persevering in seeking Jesus. 
And isn't that what the wisest people on earth are people that will seek Jesus, not just in the good times, but in the bad times as well. Not just when all the bills are paid, but when you're struggling. Not just when you feel like it, but when you don't feel like it. Seeking God, that's what he wants as his birthday present this year. If you'd say, God, I'm going to seek after you. What does that mean? It means Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will come after you, be added to you. He's saying, put me first. And when God is first, everything falls into place. Not perfect, not easy, but you know that your life is being led by God when you seek Him. What does Jesus want this year? He wants you to seek Him first. That would be a great birthday present. The second thing that the wise men give Him is they give Him worship. Who knows that their worship? It says they fell down and worshipped Him. Just imagine they're finally there. And they don't just sort of come with a couple of little gifts. This is a massive entrance. There would have been, they, they wouldn't have been carrying a little box. This would have been uh, uh, men carrying all the gifts in. This would have been worth an insane amount of money at the time, I believe. And, and this is, and as they're coming in, the first thing they do before they give what they've got, they give their heart. They bow down and worship. There is only one thing that you, no one else can give for you this Christmas. Someone may be able to give God something else for you, like a, or whatever. You might be able to put some money in or whatever, but you, only you can give him your worship and bow down and say, you are my king. I want to give you my worship. I remember at a youth conference years ago, years, years ago, and, and there was the story of the, the young boy at the youth conference. They were taking up the, the offering at a youth contra- conference, which is a controversial subject in itself. But anyway, they're taking up the offering, especially the size of the buckets they were using. Anyway, but the cool story is there was this one boy at the front, and he was so passionate. He didn't have any money to give, and he went and he put himself in the offering bucket, and he stood there, and he and you know what? That is what God wants. He wants your life in the offering bucket. He wants your life to be his. That's where you find true Christmas hope and joy when you give him your life. He is the most valuable thing in your worship. And then it says, and the worship team can come back up. My last little point is that they finish with these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I love this, this... Uh, well, they're all coming. Cool. All right. As we close, I want to pray a blessing over us. But before I do, I just want to tell you about gold. You know, what do they say about gold? It is fit for a king. If you've got gold, what else do you know about gold? It never goes down in value. It is secure. It is safe. It never gets old, gold. Gold I like this thought, never loses its value. Can I ask you a question? When, if you were to give God your heart and give him your gold, is he still as valuable today to you as he was the day you met him, Christian? Is he still, has he lost his value? Has it worn off a bit? Oh yeah, my relationship with Jesus. You should have seen me when I, when I was young. You should have seen when he first changed my life. Come on, God doesn't want yesterdays. He wants today's. He wants to, he wants to be as valuable today as the day you met him and they give him this gold and Again, I'd research and look into it, but this goal, I believe, was worth a lot. This would have set them up for the next journey that they were going on to. Um, It wasn't just a little piece of gold in a necklace or something. This was a lot. And then frankincense. Who knows that frankincense, gold's fit for a king. It speaks of Jesus being the king. Is he your king? Frankincense was used in the worship, was used in the temple for worship. And it speaks of Jesus being a priest, 
In fact, being our great high priest, the one who can come before you, an unholy you, a sinful you and me, in need of God, and he can stand between you, me and God and be our mediator, the one on our behalf. Frankincense, does he have your worship this morning? And lastly, I'll finish on this, is that myrrh. You can take this if you like. Thanks, Tom. Myrrh. This is an interesting one. Myrrh was used to embalm bodies for burial. Imagine going to a baby shower and taking an electric chair. That's essentially what this was doing. They were taking myrrh for burial because right from his birth, his purpose was to die for you and me. His purpose was to give his life. And it was right at the birth, this, this myrrh would have been very expensive, very expensive as well. And the reason is, is that the whole reason he was doing this is because Christmas is forgiving. Christmas, truly at the core of Christmas, it's all about forgiving. It's all about the forgiveness that we all need. Hey, kids. Aren't you so glad that Jesus came and he can give us the forgiveness we need? Christmas is not just forgiving, it's forgiving. And if you're here this morning and you don't know that your sins are forgiven, you need the Christmas hope in your life. If you're not 100% sure your sins are forgiven, doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, God loves you. I was talking to a, friend, a person yesterday, I only just met them for the first time and they just, I told them what I do and I told them about church and they said, oh, well, I'm, I'm a functioning alcoholic. And I said, well, you are so welcome at Kalamunda Church of Christ. I said, oh, you can come anytime you want because we're all broken. We all need the Christmas gift. And his name is Jesus. Would you stand with me as I pray a blessing over us this morning? Maybe you be comfortable to close your eyes and then I'm going to hand back to our amazing kids. But Father God, I thank you this morning for the greatest gift of all, the indescribable gift, as Paul called it, because, Lord, I couldn't give enough messages. We can give enough words to truly describe what salvation has done in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. And thank you for putting on human skin and getting ready in that dressing room of Mary's womb and coming out as man but God and paying the price for our sin on that cross. Lord, that you took it all, that we can be totally forgiven and clean. I just pray. I'm going to pray a prayer right now and you can make this real in your life. It is a free choice that God is giving you this morning. So church, we're going to pray it together to finish the service off. But if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, this is your opportunity to do that. Let's pray together. Say, Dear Lord, I come to you this morning, a sinner in need of your saving. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth, for dying on the cross. I believe you rose again. And I believe I need your forgiveness. Please forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Give me that new life that you promise so I can live for you. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. Amen.